0: What's up, peeps? Before you get into the episode, just a quick message. Did you know that Rebranded Safety is brought to you by Risk Fluent? Rebranded Safety is essentially our campaign to achieve our purpose, which is to make the working world better by Rebranded Safety, one interaction at a time. We value a people-centred approach that delivers positive impact on the risk. We deliver three types of services, technical, transformational and fire. It's the last show I wanted to talk to you about. If you value what we value and you want some support driving a culture change or decluttering your safety systems, or you want to improve human performance and it's our transformational support that can help you, or maybe you want a highly experienced registered fire risk assessor to carry out an assessment on your building, design an emergency plan or review the fire safety design for your new building, then it's our fire support service that can help you but before you get in touch with us it's important that you want to have impact on the actual risk and you value a people-centered approach if you don't that's fine you'll find someone that can help you but if you do value those then get in touch with us at riskfluentltd.com or email me james at riskfluentltd.com but for now i'll let you get into the episode
1: This, this, this show
2: is brought to you by Safety FM. What's up, peeps? Welcome back to Rebranding Safety. Back to our normally scheduled content today. We're having a great conversation with a great young lady. Now, let's jump into the intro tell us some more about it. The problem in safety isn't deviation, it's complexity.
1: Health and safety has gone mad.
0: Health and safety is trying to unpick having gone mad in the past.
2: There's no one solution and one problem, the problem is that we are looking for one solution. Does the structure of the team allow them to flourish? Feel safe enough to be uncomfortable. The environment defines our behaviours. People aren't the problem, they're the solution. Rebranding Safety, crushing the stereotype. Brought to you by Risk Blue. What's up peeps, welcome back to Rebounding Safety. Rebranding Safety is doing exactly what it says on the team we're here to change the perception of health and safety we do that right here on youtube and the podcast as well so if you're new here hit that subscribe button and the bell and the like and all those magical algorithm magics. so back to our normally scheduled content today today we're talking to a i'd like to say friend of mine uh, as most people are that come on here i just kind of befriend them whether they like it or not but also a member of project Meletium. don't worry this is not an episode just selling project militium uh, this is a conversation an emergent conversation between me and Elisa where we just talk about her career really and talk about her experiences of working in safety around the world and and also just doing do doing the do and learning and picking a career and deciding whether she wants to stay in safety uh, which I think is a a thing that a lot of us have gone through I've definitely gone through that I thought do I really want to do this for the rest of my life obviously I do because my entire life is this and I had a great conversation with Elisa and I hope you enjoy it as well it's just a chit chat but before we get into that just a quick shout out from our sponsor of Rebounding Safety Podcast and YouTube channel, Paradigm Human Performance, and more specifically the HSE subscription service. Perfect solution for those small, medium-sized enterprises that are juggling all the balls and spinning all the plates and sometimes safety can fall by the wayside. But ultimately, compliance is something we need to do. So if you're keen to nail down your industry and regulatory compliance needs, then this is the solution for you. But this is not just your everyday off-the-shelf compliance product. This is a compliance service, a subscription service designed by human and organisational performance experts. This is all about getting worker safety and the DNA of your organisation. So if you're sold already and you need this and you're thinking, yes, this is right for me, you can contact Paradigm Human Performance with the email address and phone number in the description below. But if you're still not sure, you can go to their website and check out the Learning Organisation webinar run every Thursday at 2 p.m., where one of the Paradigm team or Teresa herself will have a conversation with the community, with operational professionals, with hot professionals, safety professionals, and just have this amazing conversation full of so much information and content for you to take away. And the best of it is once you've signed up, you can get access to all of the backlog, all of the old webinars as well. Okay, without further ado, let's get into my great conversation with the amazing Elisa Lynch. Now, normally I'd get away with press and record because it just let it just recorded. But now it says this thing. Did you hear that where it says?
1: I, oh, I heard it because it, it gave me the option to leave the meeting.
2: Yeah, it never did that before. So if i got someone who was a little bit nervous, like I could tell you're a little bit nervous. Mm, um, yeah, I would just press record and then talk to you for a little bit and then go, well, we've already been recording for 10 minutes. And then I've you go, heard
1: you do that a few times. I'm like, you asshole. I fuck. that's.
2: Yeah, Why? Well, Zoom have zoom have screwed that for me, so I can't do that.
1: The worst thing is, oh, I, I don't know what the worst thing is. It's just a kind of like, oh yeah, I swear a lot. But when I get nervous, it's like it, I swear a lot. It's like,
2: you've you've listened to my podcast, right? I swear I a lot.
1: Yeah, but anyway, fuck it, go on.
2: To be fair, not not as much as you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not
1: as much as me. Like, and then I exploded into swear words.
2: At least you've I, got like, very... I, can't,
1: not you... I can't not swear. I was like, "Fucking!" laugh. Oh. So, like,
2: you've got a very low like, opinion of yourself, haven't you?
1: I don't. I don't. I'm class. Um, generally fairly okay self confidence wise. Fairly, Good. except when it comes to things like this, and I'm like, "Oh, imposter syndrome," like definitely imposter syndrome, which I think a lot of people have. Most people have. Um and if you want to bring it back to safety, um that's a fucking hard thing to have walking out onto a shop floor construction mm-hmm. site, and then do that when it's just like I don't know what I'm talking about. They all know I don't know what I'm talking about. How's your procedure? Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> How's your that's procedures?
2: It? Yeah, yeah, good. Oh, nice. Yeah. I see you later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: right. Well, on the flip side, it does happen though. Do you know do you ever find where like you walk on? like to a side or whatever and people really assume that you know what you're talking about
2: that's worse as far as i'm it's,
1: wor- it's worse but shit just starts to literally happen around you you're just walking <laughs> along and stuff just starts to get like, cleaned up like
2: jesus parting the waters parting,
1: yeah exactly <laughs> it's good crack though but you're like yeah that
2: like you just wave your hand and all of a sudden everyone's wearing hard hats like it's beautiful yeah. like magic <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: Well, it was one day I was walking past the fella and he started talking about this mag drill, right? And he was like, no, I know this is meant to be this way and that's meant to be that way. And I was like, what the fuck is a mag drill? I had to go back to the office and of Google it to <laughs> breeze what he was talking about.
2: Why didn't you say what's a mandrake in that moment or whatever you'd... I said mandrake. That's something out of Harry Potter. I've no idea what you just said. What did you say? What tool?
1: A, ma- a mag drill. It's like oh, a mag, a mag, mag drill. Oh, mag
2: drill. I didn't hear a that. Mag drill. Right, hang on a minute. Let me turn my headphones up.
1: Is it your headphones or is it that I'm speaking too
2: fast? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm hard of hearing. So uh, it's probably me and the headphones. Hang on a second. There we go. Turn them up a bit. Carry on. So why didn't you just say to him, I don't know what a drill is. A Mac Uh I would
1: know. I actually would know. Would even go back like a year ago. There's no way I would have. There's mm. no way I would have said no. I don't know what you're talking about. I just wouldn't have fucking done it because, you know, you have to be the person who knows, or at least seems to know, or they assume you know. So you're like, yeah, I'll keep going with the idea that you that I do know. We'll all have that idea, which is great. But I would now. I've definitely in obviously like in the last year, like as obviously shit as COVID has been. Like how how deadly has it been for like learning and webinars and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So now it's it's a very different story. I can hear my chair squeaking and it's annoying me. No, it's like, you know. Um it's life.
2: The chairs squeak in real life.
1: Fucking cut that out. Don't want them thinking a tra- the chair.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna leave it in. I'm gonna leave it in. I'm gonna leave this in, us talking about I'm gonna leave that in as um, well.
1: Oh my God! Stop! Stop it! Um, look, it's fine. I'm never going to listen to it anyway. So it'll be <laughs> grand. Put whatever you want in it. I don't you, care. The more podcasts, the more
2: podcasts you go on, the more you'll get used to listening to your own voice, and then you'll come back to listen to this, and you'll be like, "Oh, this is actually pretty good."
1: I did really well. Fair yeah. play to me. Yeah.
2: Woo-hoo. James is a shit host, but I was really good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, do, do, do,
2: do you think that shift from like you kind of being seen as the expert to a lot of people call it facilitators don't they? But like that mm. shift helped you in that, that reduction of imposter syndrome on site. Like did, was it, was it you first? Like, did you have to stop seeing yourself as the expert first or did they have to stop seeing you as the expert first? Does that make sense?
1: It does. I would say they did because I never saw myself as the expert anyway. Okay. Like, and like I do, like I remember even when I started out, like I remember my first day walking onto a farmwork deck, like a 17th story in the middle of Sydney. And, and everybody knew it had gone around the site like wildfire that, like, oh, there's, 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 you know, like a 25 year old woman on the site as a safety advisor, and she's no experience. Like everybody knew anyway. So there was no, there was no point in, in trying to pretend you're an expert yeah, uh, yeah. because it, you just literally fall flat on your face. Um, so, you know, it's, but then I suppose, yeah, after a couple of years, when people don't know where you've come from or what your experience has been, then that's when they start, you walk onto a job and they're like, oh, here comes safety. You mm-hmm. must know X, Y, Z. So, yeah. Um, actually, <laughs> I've just, I've just remembered, I think it was like the first week I was on site and like that, we were up, like I was building a high rise in Sydney and um, I was literally being taught how to walk on steel and especially and how to look for the steel that isn't already tied because you know it rolls and you're kind of like a little bambi walking around the place (laughs) and um, the safety advisor with me who was taking me on a tour around site like hit the deck he just face planked like oh fuck it was so joy you're like just hold your breath and he just got straight back up and he went, "Way!" and just <laughs> carried on. And all the carpenters just kind of, went, all right, and said nothing. I was like, amazing. What, amazing. he
2: tripped over?
1: Or? He literally tripped over and fully face planted <laughs> on the deck. And um, yeah, but jumped straight back up, kind of laughed it off himself. <laughs> and because he laughed it off himself, there was no more joke to make. And he just carried on. It was brilliant.
2: I kinda of love that story.
1: Yeah, it was really was it was really good.
2: Did you so, um, did you not say anything because you were struggling not to laugh? Are you one of those people that really I was struggle? fucking
1: stunned? I was just stunned that it even happened. I wasn't even not laughing. I was stunned and immediately then going, Oh my god, like cause we were out, we were probably we were probably about ten meters away from the lift core to get back down to like concrete slab levels. And I was just like, "Oh fuck! How am I going to get back there without (laughs) falling?" And they can see, and like they can see you, like literally with your arms out, waddling along, trying to not.
2: So I've got visions of you just walking on like steel RSJ kind of things with.
1: No, they're not RSJ. It's like um, reinforced steel, like you know the steel, the little narrow steel bars that go through concrete.
2: Yeah, vaguely. Oh, you mean like the the, like the rod things? Yeah. The like. Yeah. So you see in films.
1: Well, yeah.
2: That you, you know, they throw at people and kill zombies with and stuff.
1: Yeah, those ones. No. Um <laughs> got like
2: they've got like like uh like, like a rib going round them, like a spiral on the yes. outside then.
1: Yes, exactly. Those. So you've like layers and layers and layers of those. And they're mm. all just tied together with tie wire. But if you're walking along and there's one that hasn't been tied off properly, it will roll and you'll fucking slip. So and they, like when they put those down and then there's like a layer of mesh that goes over it and you have to walk across it kind of like diagonally so that you can I'm with you. balance I'm with you. after like a week or two, you're grant and then you get a bit cocky and then you have a bit of a wobble and you're like, well, maybe not, but it's, um, yeah. So now talking about this makes me miss high rise construction. I'm like, Oh, take me back.
2: Yeah. We're going to say that sounds cool. AF. Like <laughs> cool. what was it kind of, like that—that that sounds like a massive. Was that your first safety job?
1: Yes. Like I was way in over my head. Like it was. I was in. I was in over my head in one sense. That like, okay, I'm so like, cause I had started. Like I was over in Sydney. I had been there probably about five, five years at the time, maybe. And I had been working in traffic control in in like civil infrastructure. So putting they were putting like underground cables, trenching along roadways, and all that stuff, which we called construction because we wore steel toe cap boots like, yeah i work in construction there's diggers and i'm wearing boots <laughs> and you know we didn't differentiate between civil works and it was all the construction industry yeah until you get to actual construction and they're like you haven't you don't know construction and you're like what? Well, of course i do and then you look up and you're like holy shit there's 17 stories of concrete yeah. what i cool like and uh but it, yeah it was amazing and like i like i had done I had done this, the qualifications in Australia, like Australia, obviously, you know, they're all the lads are over there doing all their safety science stuff, which is great. And they're the leaders and all the rest. But I will say the like, barriers to entry are pretty low for qualification wise getting in there. Okay. Like a diploma over there was a five day. You could either do it over five days face to face or else an online course. Which to be honest, you could have literally written the word diploma on the back of a con on a cornflakes box and been like, "Here's my qualification." Like, it cost I think on sale. These things were always on sale. There was loads of learning providers, and they were always on sale. Three hundred dollars, do your diploma, get your safety job. Oh, really? Yeah, and like, and next thing, oh, you're qualified. And you're like, am I though? Doesn't feel like it. And you, because you, because it really, it's pretty poor. And so then you go on site and you just, you end up, you just learn, you learn whatever company's safety management system is already in place. That's what you're learning. That's what you're using anyway. And you're kind of, at the time, I just kind of thought, well, yeah, they've got it. Like if this is a really big company, safety management system is in place. I'll just follow that and I'll be all good. Which in theory, yeah. In theory, yeah.
2: We've all been there. So were you in Australia and then, started a career in safety or did you start a career in safety and then choose to go to Australia
1: no, I, no I started it over there so I went to Australia in 2008 um I wasn't wasn't long out of, I was, yeah I was 20 when I went over like I went for a year not a career kind of a thing okay went yeah. backpacking got to Sydney
0: it was amazing there was
1: so many pubs it was like this is unreal and um and it was just basically like loads of Irish people on the piss and um, and I did what nearly everybody else did. Got a job in traffic control and drank all my money. That was it. Um, okay. <laughs> like, I lived there for nine years. I was on Bondi Beach, I think, about five times. But um, I just didn't go there. Did but, you find
2: uh, – um, I went to Sydney on my honeymoon. Did you find the pace of Sydney just really slow? Like, maybe if you well, – maybe it's different. But, like, you know, like, if you go to London –
1: and it's yeah, so I hadn't, I like, I think I had been to London for, like, a weekend before, <laughs> but so I went from, like, relatively rural Ireland to Sydney, which was, like, mind-blowing metropolis. Like, at the time, the highest building in Ireland was actually 17 stories. It's in Cork City. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, look, skyscrapers.
2: Uh, see, I've been in London, like, loads, uh, and yeah. then we went to Sydney, and I was just like, Jesus, this is a sleepy city. Like everyone's just like, do 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 do. We went yeah. to like, um, what's the what's the cent- the main train station in Sydney called? I can't remember. Um,
1: Central or whatever.
2: Like like the uh, the the St Pancras of Sydney, basically and we went there at like rush hour and there was like just everyone just like chilling just walking around and i'm like if we were in london right now you wouldn't be able to move an inch without being run over
1: yeah yeah well no for, for me it felt busy yeah but ireland so definitely it still felt like a lot um but it was um yeah it, it was unreal it was really it was really cool but to start yeah, I started safety over there, um, and actually a lot of Irish women who go over there backpacking go do traffic control, and then actually it's, I remember I was talking to somebody here about it going, it's kind of the natural move, you go from traffic control, you move up the line, you become a team leader, and then a traffic control manager, and then a traffic traffic designer, and then you just, it was just a lateral move over to safety, whereas here, they don't see that as a normal move, but over there it's very common, and um, you would literally do anything to get out of traffic control because managing backpackers like me <laughs> it's really difficult um so there was a lot of people who had done that and there was um, a friend of mine at the time who had already done her online course and so next thing you're got your new shiny high vis on and you're up on the farm up deck doing safety it was bizarre it's like definitely bizarre but yeah a fantastic experience so oh.
2: So was was it quite, I'd imagine it quite bloody daunting, like being a 25-year-old Irish female mm. in construction in Australia. Like, that must have been like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah, it was. But, like, I mean, I suppose you can definitely, like, first thing is, you can really play off the Irish thing because everyone thinks you're great crack, so you can just kind of chat away to people. Uh, like, yeah. you just kind of, blow into a room you're like well let's have an induction sure, why the fuck not like and you just <laughs> on a show every morning of like this is going to be the best fucking induction of in your life and um and everyone's just saying they'd be
2: like i bloody love the irish mate I bloody they,
1: they the do irish. like they do and, and next thing like before you know you're walking on sidewalks and you've subbies over like well how's this? You're like hey and you're having the banter everyone's like why are you so friendly with them and you're like sure why not yeah. And that's how you, and then that's how you learn about all the different trades and all the rest. Cause you're going around having the crap with them and seeing what they're up to. And, or and another one, I'm like, here, can you show me, can you tell me how you do that so I can use it against you later? Well, <laughs> tell me how you do that so I can use it against you later. And they, and they would like. Um, I think
2: that's a massive part of it. That, I think that's a huge part of it. Like that's pretty much exactly what I did. I started in manufacturing and it was just like, it was such a, a typical lads lads environment like it was all mm. just like just blokes lifting chucking bubble wrap off a machine and pushing big buttons and pulling levers and they would, i mean don't get me right i'm wrong i'm not proud of what that factory was like like if like one woman walked through and everyone just freaked out like they've never seen a woman in their entire life it wasn't good yeah. but that that kind of like that, that kind of like like just yeah, like you say, just having a laugh with them and, and, and coming across like a maybe like a normal human being and not a safety professional. It's like a mm. massive part of it. For me, it was anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was lucky as well with, with there was two kind of senior safety officers that were training me in. And they were they had both come from the tools and they were both in their 50s, maybe. Um two lads, and they were great crack. And like they, <laughs> like they used to always, whenever like our manager would come down, then they'd be like, "Oh, here comes Mister Dupont." And like it took me, I had a fucking clue even who Dupont were. I was like, "What does that mean?" But um, it like so they they had a great way with the lads. Um, mm-hmm. they and so I I suppose I learned that from them from the outset. But you'd still have days where you're walking around like an absolute dickhead of, and oh, the method statement doesn't say this. Like, yeah, like when yeah. I think back, it, it's more, like mortifying, absolutely mortifying to think.
2: But, but so being a, learning to do safety, like you said, they're, they're like the the leaders in this new view of safety. Being a learning safety in Australia, you must have just been right into that new view stuff, surely. It, uh, <laughs> Australia yeah. are just amazing at all of this stuff. You
1: would think that. But uh, no, there's not like there's not that much fucking new view happening. Now, I've been gone from Australia since late 2017. So I can only speak, to, and I'm kind of conscious of who's listening to this now. But I'm like, this is my experience of it. Yeah. Um, I remember, yeah, that first company I was with. And they were a big, like, ASX-listed company. They weren't big. And they had brought in this guy called uh, Rob Sands is his name. And he actually this fella now has done work with Rob Long, all that gang. And um they came to me one day like, oh, we're, we're putting all the safety advisors on this. It's going to be like one full day a week for six weeks with this guy, Rob Sands. And I was like, really? Like fucking brilliant. Like I was so excited, delighted. But I was like, do you understand what, what these guys do? Like these are, we're going to be talking about like semiotics and all this kind of stuff and which was new to me as well but what I really struggled with is I had been reading up of Rob Long's stuff from the very start like I had gone into this website looking for fucking safety slogans or something and got like drawn in to all their kind of anti-safety stuff so I was reading all of that while being trained up in how to be a safety officer so there was yeah that. I don't know if it made it better or worse for me, but I definitely struggled with it because I'd be going out on site, like driving for compliance, but knowing that that wasn't really the right way to be doing things. And you just felt like Mm -hmm. a dickhead doing it. But next thing, your manager is with you doing a site walk and there's somebody over there doing something wrong. And you just kind of freeze. And the manager looks like, what are you going to do about that? Oh, Christ. So you have to walk over Mm -hmm. and go like, "Uh, why are you doing that? All right, Jack, come down for re-induction in the morning. Right, okay, cheers, Mm Bye. But like brutal stuff
2: but lame shame retrain
1: yeah all like it was very much so lame shame retrain and then at the same time hey we're going to send you through this training with this guy who actually it was amazing like he came in (laughs) they had like they had just released this new safety campaign all the posters were everywhere and there was one poster um about wearing safety glasses and it was something like um oh, you want to lose an eye or, you know, one You've of the only got slow- one
2: pair. Like,
1: that yes. kind of, oh, yeah. You can't one change
2: pair. this pair of eyes. Yeah, like, Don't. these are not like shoes. I've, I've seen them all. Like, they're terrible.
1: They're so bad. But oh. he, he was talking about, like, the power of language and semi and all this stuff. And he was like, and, like, our manager was in on the course as well. And your mind just started, not, not tearing things apart, but he just, gently questioning like so like what does this message actually send like if i came in here and i saw this and i kind of thought do they actually think that i don't give a shit about my own eyes like is that (laughs) not weird to you that's not what we meant it's like "Mm, kind of is though like that's really like it's patronizing
2: isn't it
1: yeah it's like it's shocking bad like it's really it's it's not great but um but we did the full we did the full course and i remember (laughs) on like the third or fourth day getting into an argument with this other safety advisor on the team about like, why do people work the way they work? Oh, I will never forget. It. And she's like, well, they do it that way because that's what's written in the method statement. And I was like, what fucking planet are you on? I was like, nobody reads those. And like this now I was only like three months into the job. <laughs> I'm kind of, you know, when you're like four or five hours into the day, you get a bit comfortable. You forget who's in the room. <laughs> and I'm like, nobody fucking reads those. Yes, they do. That's why they're working in that particular way. I was like, no, I was like, the method statement is written that way because that's mostly kind of what they do. It was a good guess by whoever wrote it in the office. But like, you know, and it just went to Jesus. We nearly had a war inside there about these method statements. And um, the course finished anyway. I never heard anymore. These guys never came back to consult after that. Um, I just went down the blame train, whatever it is.
2: So, blame shame retrained so did you shame. did so when you were when you were over how long were you in australia for
1: nine years nine
2: years and did you work for a company that was going on that new view route or or not no did, no,
1: no never. So
2: you were kind of just fighting that
1: battle yourself really i th- i wouldn't even say i was fighting the battle myself like i wasn't um in any way trying to change things because i honestly didn't think it was possible like yeah. it just there was so much rules policies procedures documentation stats all you know all that stuff and um so there was no point in trying to change internet. you just kind of um you just kind of deal with your own site and the own your own people around you and and that's all really you can do um but it um yeah like i i remember I had gone to it was a couple of years after I had got oh, actually Christ. I had taken a job as a safety manager, right? With like second job. So first job, safety junior.
2: <laughs> first job was it, Was it called safety junior?
1: No, no. It was um all oh, right. No, it was a HSE coordinator. And I think right. like HC coordinator, HSE officer, whatever. But so I was a HSE coordinator. Then a HC officer. And then my next job was with a new company as their safety manager. Right. Out of my depth, completely, like, shouldn't have even, but I was like, I had this thing over there, like, I'll always say yes and I'll figure it out after. Yeah. Which stood to me, like, I mean, one of the biggest traffic control jobs I had was, there was this, this civil works company and they're like, hey, we we want to create our own traffic management division. Can you help us? And I was like, Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can do that. I can do that. uh, And so that's how I did. And like literally replaced this whole subcontracted company with like 60 Irish backpackers doing traffic control. It was great crack. (laughs) But um, but, yeah, I can do that. Um, So I am. I've gone off my train of thought now. Where was I going with that?
2: You're talking about being a safety manager in your. Oh
1: yeah. Being a safety manager. So, and this. Thing came up i don't know it was in an email but i got this thing of art of work workshop when i was like oh, yeah, yeah. What, what is this and um so and it was like it was expensive and um it was a two-day thing but you could go for one day and pay half so i was like i'll see if i can get approval to go for the one day so to be fair the company i was like yeah no bother off you go we'll pay for that and i went and it was actually like the workshop was run by daniel Humberdahl and Kelvin again. and uh, yeah again if I could go back now I would know Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I was just in this room going oh who are these people what are they on about like this all this is all a bit far-fetched these guys are fucking dreaming like I was just like this is never going to happen this is never going to take hold you know I just really didn't see how how it could be done and, and even there was, because um, Lang O'Rourke were doing it at the time and they had a guy from Lang O'Rourke in the room. Unfortunately, it wasn't John Green, but um, they had he a guy. You not even if it was. I wouldn't have even fucking known he was. So, yeah, yeah that's no. true. It wouldn't have mattered. But, um, yeah, and he was like, yeah, we've done this and we've done that. And, but I just didn't, I don't know. It obviously planted a seed that mm. a couple of years later, I was like, oh, now I get it, kind of a bit but at the time (laughs) it didn't it just went completely over my head and I kind of walked out of there going well that was an expensive one day I don't know how I'm going to go back and explain explain Mm. what I got out of it so
2: so that was like day dot that was patient zero really maybe mm, yeah you were already kind of you were already kind of maybe on that wavelength anyway
1: I think yeah I think I was which is why I think which is actually why I think um I struggled. I struggled with the job from the outset. Like I did, I was like, "Why am I doing this?" Like it's other than, I mean, Jesus Christ, the money is great in Australia. (laughs) It's really good. Um, If there's one thing I miss, it's the sun and the money. But uh, because even when I tried before leaving Australia, I quit safety completely, went off, did a barista course, and then applied for a couple of jobs, waitressing and things like that. Because I was like, I cannot. Stay doing this absolute shit with LTIs and MTIs and fucking arguing with doctors over certificates. And like, because even over there, I haven't actually experienced that here, but over there, like it's intense when you're working for a tier one or subcontracted into a tier one company in construction, the levels that they will go to. To avoid an lti is shocking mm, like it's willing. i am not proud of some of the things i have done to get the desired result from a doctor's appointment I'll put oh. you that way mm,
2: yeah so are you willing to elaborate or not um you can say no
1: no, like I could elaborate. Like, I mean, you would, you would literally be going into the doctor's office with, with guys like, you know, so which, I mean, that would not happen here. It just wouldn't happen here. They're like, fuck off. Like I have my privacy. But um, yeah, so you'd be going in, sitting in the doctor's office, um, depending on what the injury is. So if it's like a lot of the kind of smaller injuries, you'd be like, all right, take him up to the medical center, get it sorted. So you're like, right. Okay up you go and you literally go in and you sit with them and um unless the really kind of clued in guys the unionized guys be like you can wait outside And you're like right no bother but then you'd like the your phone would be absolutely hopping your site manager your own manager regional manager what's happening what's the update what's happening what's the update like it's intense and then you then shift (laughs) that onto and especially if he's like a guy you belong to a subcontractor you were then it's literally harassment like I remember there was this one guy and I was calling and calling and calling and I was like, what's the story with your fella? Like, did you get, did you get the certificate? Did you get the certificate? And, uh, cause over there it's like, it's a certificate of capacity, which is actually fucking hilarious. Now. When I think of the word capacity, and all yeah, the shit yeah. that we're learning. But it's like, has he got ca- capacity or no capacity? And you just go no capacity and all hell breaks loose. Cause all of a sudden now it's a much bigger deal. It's an LTI. Yeah. Um, but like ringing this guy being like, what's the update? And he was like, Elisa, I am driving home. Like it's Friday evening at seven o'clock, and I'm driving up the coast to my family. Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah. And I was like, I can't. I need to know. I and it's and not, I need you to tell me. I need you to email me a copy of the certificate because until I see it, until they see it, this will not stop. Wow. Like it's it's very intense.
2: Where does and that pressure come from? Right? Hmm. Where's that pressure come from? Is that like the bonuses tied into that? Or
1: yeah, I believe in a lot of companies it's a lot of companies it's bonuses. A lot of them are just there's bonuses and it's just the stats are pulled up in all every monthly meeting. You're mm. like we actually have like in some companies they're called like traffic light meetings. Yeah. It's actually called the traffic light meeting. <laughs> and like, you know, uh um, Yeah, it was just, it was bizarre. It was really bizarre. Um, And it actually became easier when I no longer worked directly for one of those companies when I was a subcontractor. When I worked for a subcontractor, you could literally move the guy off site because they'd be like, oh, is he on light duties? And you go, yeah, yeah, he's on on light duties there. He's just um, somewhere else. And they don't care. They just want the answer that they want.
2: Just a number. Or the lack
0: just of
1: the, numbers. Yeah, yeah, just the no numbers. Hmm. So right. well, I remember actually one part, there was this crowd, um and they so this subcontractor, and he had done nearly a really good job of editing the um the certificate of capacity that the doctor had given. He had photoshopped it like and um, and I remember I was scrolling down and I just some Thing in the font caught my eye, and I just zoomed in. I was like, "Fuck, he's after editing this," and I was literally like, "Do I pretend I haven't seen it?"
2: Because so he edited it, so it to, the, to what to say that he, he did, did have capacity. Say yeah.
1: That it, like, had capacity. Yes, he was on like duties. He was just on another site, and um, and yeah, and I remember scrolling past going, What do I do? Like, do I just accept the certificate and pretend? i didn't know it was edited do i flag it and then go back to him and be like you've done this i know you've done this you need to go like at that point there was no going back to the doctor there's no getting a new certificate he's obviously gotten the certificate he's gotten although we have at times been sent back to a doctor like change it we can do like julie's we can do this we can do that convincing a doctor to change it um but yeah. And um, so I I called him up and I was like, oh, are you around? And he said, yeah. And I said, All "Right, come meet me. We'll have a chat. And I said to him, I was like, whoever in your office did that did nearly a good enough job. But I was like, I know what you've done. And he was like, he's like, what What do you want to do? And at this point, it was only me and him that knew. So who had edited and, um, it? Hmm? Who, who had edited it? Is like he had him in his office. So this subcontractor who were contracted into us.
2: So not not the person that had hurt themselves. The manager, no, a Person, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're they it. Jesus Christ! So and, um, I'm the injured party. I've sent you my certificate or this guy to my certificate to say mm-hmm. I don't have the capacity. Yeah, and he'd edited it to say he does have the capacity, so that yeah. it doesn't go into the LTI. Yeah. World. Now yeah.
1: the injured party. Like I will say this, that company looked after him. Like they did look after him. There was nothing on their end with him that was dodged. They let him have his time off, paid, made sure he got all the medical treatment he needed. Da da da. So that guy was completely unaware that any of this was going on. Right. Um, and he got his workers' compensation, all that was sorted. But from our end, it was that's where the smoke and mirrors kind of started.
2: So why, why do you, this is kind of more hypothetical, you're not going to be able to answer but like, they've got the same problems that we have and in some cases, particularly this one worse uh, issues mm. than we have because I've, I've never, I've been in safety what, 10 years and I've never come across that. Um, I've seen people try and fudge LTIs, don't get me wrong, but never forging documents or going to someone's mm. doctor's appointment, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, you yeah. get You get a, you get a black eye if you tried to follow someone to their doctor's appointment in England.
1: Wouldn't ha- Like It wouldn't happen here either. There's no way. No. There is no way.
2: So why do you think all this new view comes out of Australia then? Because it is most of the more innovative work that's in safety is coming out of Australia. We can't deny that.
1: It is, but is that at a, an academic level? That's not down on the ground yet. Like, no. Now, again, it wasn't three years ago when I was there. Yeah. It might be now, but... I'd be very surprised if what it's might be being piloted in a few places, but um, I don't know. Like I have still, my have friends working over there still that still do all that kind of stuff. Wow.
2: Um, you know?
1: So when the, your volume's gone really low, or else my volume. No, no, I turned it down
2: because it kept going. Oh. Uh, so I turn it up a little bit. Can you hear me now?
1: Yeah.
2: I right. turn it down because every time I was going hmm. Yeah, it was going. Uh, you can edit that out. I was trying to make my, my job easier for me later on. <laughs> I have to edit it. So, when when why why did you come back to Ireland? Was it personal or was it career? Um...
1: Um, always personal. Like it, like Australia is a fantastic place. It's just too far away. Yeah,
0: like
1: it's it just the distance. Far
0: away.
1: Like it's so fucking far. Um. Yeah, and it was like I had been there nine years, like, what am I what, and like the first five were absolutely mental, Like, they were just the best crack yeah. ever, and then everyone just either started to leave, like people say, oh the Irish are great at assimilating all over the world, it's like, mm, we kind of stick to our own over there as well <laughs> like, so work with Irish drink with Irish, live with Irish um, and a lot of them started moving home, and then you kind of look around, you're like, oh not as much crack anymore. Um or they start settling down, moving out to the suburbs, having kids, da-da-da. And it just it wasn't the the buzz had gone out of it. Um so yeah, just kind of got the I had been homesick for probably about three years. Um my fellow was working fly and fly out at the time. So he was um, loving it he did not want to come I was like come on come on away home now it's time and he was like no make it so much money I was like yeah I know but fuck <laughs> it we're going um so yeah it was it was yeah it was just homesickness um, yeah, okay. okay that's all it was so,
2: so when home. you came home was that when you were at the you said you retrained and, and ended up going in hospitality was did you come home with the vision to work in hospitality no
1: I, I had come home with a vision of I'm going to go back to college. I was actually going to do social work. Oh, wow. I was going to do that, um, and that kind of had been in my head for a very long time. Um, so I was going to come home and do that. And um, but because I'd been away so long, I wasn't eligible for the kind of free fees that normal Irish residents would be well would be. Rel- eligible for which i was fucking raging about but uh <laughs> anyway i have to be back living in the eu for however long so um so yeah i tried to get every other job under the sun that was not safety really? um, and it just i was home then probably about three months and i was like okay i need to get working and i'm not getting anything else and the first safety job i got the first safety job I applied for, I got, I was like, oh. right, fine. Well, and you were
2: like, for fuck's sake.
1: For fuck's sake. Yeah. <laughs> and I had kind of, I had done like, yeah, I was kind of with a, a fit out crowd for a while. And then I was with a mechanical crowd and pharma. Oh my God. I hated pharma so much. Like it will never, ever go back. It was so bad. Um, really? Yeah. I hated it. Like you want to talk about like, they have a rule for literally everything which i get for like you know process safety or whatever and it needs to be when it needs to be but um everything's so from the outside looking in it's everything seems so perfect and clean and just not like construction i mm. was like there's literally nothing to, i mean and i remember i had walked i had walked on a sidewalk one day and uh came back and i had literally nothing written on my inspection not one thing i was like right ground Filed it away. A foreman came in, he goes, geez, the state of the place above there. Would you ever go up and tell them to do a bit of housekeeping? I was like, where? I was like, will you actually walk with me to the exact place and tell me where the housekeeping issues are? And we walked up and there was like a little scrap of plastic, one sideways barrier. Like that was it. And I was like, is this also oh, this is the um, this is the right. That's the problem like get me the fuck out of here like i just couldn't cope with it i was like this is bananas so um i was like there was not enough bad shit and uh i have a saying
2: that says uh and and this is really heartless and really insensitive saying but like i I just if if shit can't kill you i don't want to work there oh i
1: totally get it yes like actually in um in sydney when i was working on like were building apartments and like so we've the carpet layers coming in i was like i'm done i'm out (laughs) i do not care i don't care about laying carpet i don't care about fitting kitchens not into it yeah oh yeah that's
2: uh it's uh it's kind of like it's kind of like that have you watched the film jarhead no it's like a really shit version of jarhead in that they they train to be snipers and to you know, assassinate people or whatever, and uh, their entire lives, and they they never got to take a shot. um So it's about like the mental torment, tor- turmoil. Is Jake Gyllenhaal
1: in there? Yes, yeah, him?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the main character. It's kind of like a, a firefighter not, you know, they're, they're, they don't want that big fire to happen, but they also kind of want that big fire to happen.
1: <laughs> it, it's kind of
2: like that with safety professionals, I think. But... It is,
1: but not with like a hero complex. Not like, oh, I'll come in and save the day when there's all the shit wrong. It's like, because no, once the shit hits the fan, then you're like, oh my God, I really wish this didn't happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody panic. But at the same time, you don't want it literally. So I just couldn't. No. I just could not. No with it. Like, everybody losing their shit because one person isn't wearing their hard hat. Emails flying, fucking non-conformance, da-da-da. Uh, and they're just not getting the response out of me because I was like, I'm sorry, I don't... I don't understand. Um, <laughs> also, oh, so you want to do a full stand-down with everyone about about the hard hat. This is my notice. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> could could not cope with it. I couldn't cope. Oh,
2: so, um, you... Were you working in safety at that time fully like in the back of your head the second I can get out of safety I'm gone
1: Yeah yeah, pretty much um, and still looking at courses online of okay I'm going to go back to college and um, and even if my boss does listen to this <laughs> <laughs> when I started in the company I'm with now I was like fucking safety like, oh. and I just I actually I found it really boring Right. like I actually I was just like this is the dullest thing and you know when you meet someone and you're like oh what do you do and you're like oh god, no,
2: yeah, safety yeah, yeah and they're like really I'm like yeah, Switch, is, yeah. Do, you, do you think I I sent I was talking to my, my my wife about this last night actually like I think it's a really lonely career I think mean, it can be yeah so many people don't get what we actually do and I understand that understand there's a lot of careers out there that people you know you see all the memes like what my mum thinks i do what my Mm. my mates think i do and all that but like i think with safety like it's like universally misunderstood and and universally not really something that anybody wants like you know i can't all of my mates are tradies like all of them are builders plumbers engineers whatever they've all got a skilled trade and Mm. none of them are Maybe you could, like, I think safety is more of a kind of maybe like business strategy, corporate, maybe like academic type of role. Um, mm. Whereas they're all kind of like engineering construction types roles. So I go to the pub. And they were all like, "Oh well, yeah, like bricks and wood and pipes and shit." And they were <laughs> like, you know, talking to you. Fun- you're
1: you're sounding like you're insecure now about your like masculinity, or like bricks Ooh, and pipes it, and shit. It, it
2: is kind of like that. It is kind of, especially well, from from a bloke's point of view. It is yeah. like that. If I'm honest, it really is like, well, yeah, car." I'm, it doesn't help that I'm not into football and I'm not into cars either. So when they start to, all motorbikes, so when they start talking about that shit as well, it is it is kind of like that. It is kind of a bit like. But for, for men, like we are traditionally seen as having those physical roles. And if you're not, if you're not an engineer or you're not a builder, like you genuinely have very little males to sit and talk with. Like, mm, you know, yeah. I know, to the put to the point, to the point, that been that long since i've been in a pub. i don't know what to call it anymore i go to the pub with it with the labs and i'm just like and they were like oh how's work and i'd be like oh yeah i went on construction site the other day with this fucking up and that fucking." they're all like yeah yeah that happened to me and i'm just like yeah yeah yeah." nobody not fucking one of them will go how's work james because they just do not want to talk about it because they yeah. don't they don't know what to say they don't know what i fucking do. And, and that's why it infuriates me even more is when i hear stories about how they experience safety and it's mm. just not what i want to them to experience it infuriates me even more, well, even more yeah. so i do think it's a really lonely profession i really do
1: mm. i actually remember when um like the first time i met um my fellow's parents and like his dad owns a construction business and um and first, when it was like when I said when I had been working in, in traffic control, it was like are you a traffic warden, like a parking parking warden. I was like, no, 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 I'm not that person who gives people tickets for fucking double parking. But then <laughs> the it got worse. So
2: worse. <laughs> but if there's
1: one thing worse. <laughs> your safety advisor. I was like, yeah, like yay, and it was like you are literally the bane of our existence. Like it was. You could tell it was—he didn't say that, but it was written all over his face. I was like, oh Christ, hey, and Um, like not good. And even even my dad, because my dad is a tyler, and I'm like, hey, so how's the whole uh, wearing glasses while you're grinding thing? And uh, and he's like, don't fucking go there. I'm like, right, ideal, okay, never mind. Uh, yeah. And
2: yeah. uh, do you get the do you get like the, the 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 text message of a picture randomly off a friend or family that's like, well. Look at that. Health and safety. Send it to James. Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: not actually not as not that much, but the odd time, yeah. A lot of times, I'll actually get them from like I'll get some of them from the lads at work, and I'm like, oh fucking hell, please don't. Because if I see this, I can't deny that I've seen it. Please don't. <laughs> but um, yeah. So there's um, yeah. Look, it can be lonely, but I don't know. It's um, and definitely yeah, people outside of work. Yeah, no, actually. Now now that you mention I'm like, I don't ever think I talk to anybody about what I do at work. Yeah,
2: exactly. exactly. Other,
1: like that, other than other than my partner. But other like that's that's it. I don't really people don't ask because yeah, I like you say they probably have a preconceived notion of, of what it is. But even like it's like even the people at work within the company that I currently work with definitely have a, a preconceived notion of what it is that I do. Um, and like that's fine but definitely before I would have said oh yeah work in safety whereas now definitely over the last year that I've kind of I don't know found a bit of a gra for it um, found like a fucking class job <laughs> I get to like drive around to all these different places all the time you know and chat to different people every day and learn about different stuff and health solve problems even though half the time it say they're like you're finding fucking problems i'm like i am but hey there's going to be a solution like woo, like, <laughs> fun but um yeah it's like it's pretty to be fair it's a pretty cool job when you if you get a good job but a good if you get a good company mm. that's the other thing like you can you can really get landed in the shit where it's like zero crack no fun yeah. just where you have to Where it like the other thing is And I think you touched on it. It was like, oh, people don't really know what we do. And even like business leaders often don't know what we do. But they don't want, they know what they don't want. Like they don't want a complete stick in the mud police officer type. So they know they don't want that. But at the same time, I'm not sure if they could articulate exactly what they do want. But I know they want someone who does get along with people and who can kind of get things done in a certain way or get around people or bring people along with them, that kind of thing. Mm. I suppose as we've touched on a lot of them like the softer skills or whatever it is that you can't read. And it's, it's almost like the X factor of, of a safety person. Mm. How do you, how do you hire for that? And you don't know. And I guess they don't know if they've got it until the person in the role. what I'm saying is it's me. <laughs> <Edit that. laughs>
2: that I'm here. I'm Alicia. But
1: yeah. well, I'm, I'm actually here. not open to work. I'm very happy where I work.
0: <laughs>
2: Do you want me to just delay the the publish of this this podcast for whenever you're ready to look for a new job?
1: Yeah. And
2: then we'll put this out.
1: Then we'll put it out, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm be like, "Did you say something about a podcast?" I'm like, "No." It's nah, not, nah, not we didn't do it in the end
2: <laughs> But in like three years time uh, P45 And uh, if you want to pass this <laughs> podcast On to anybody that, That's potentially hiring Please please do
1: Actually right. one one time That I'm able to There's two times that I'm able to Genuinely not swear And that is funerals and job interviews So it's like job interviews I like, can manage to not swear And it's like day one I'm like fucking thanks for hiring me Yay <laughs>
2: Well, let, let's 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 talk about the swearing let's talk about this elisa let's talk about your swearing oh, i, sound, I sounded sound like you
1: swearing i sounded okay. about you
2: like your mum or something when i said that didn't i elisa can we talk yeah. about your swearing please that's like, not how i meant to fuck swear. off
1: mom no we can't
2: <laughs> yeah we fucking can yeah i'd to swell more like let's talk about the swearing because it is something that you you as you know elisa it gets my back up a little bit about the swearing thing right i can tend to lose my shit at people that get a bit uppity (laughs) about swearing and does oh how do i say this does it have any reflection on you like why do you not swear in an interview what yeah there you go let's start there why do you not swear in an interview
1: why do I not swear in an interview? Um, actually, it is a good question. And I am trying to think back. I'm like, has there ever been an interview I did swear in? Um, and I think there was one. And I did get the job, but that's because he swore first. So I was like, fucking yes. Um, <laughs> you know, he was dropping F-bombs all over the place. I was like, oh, That's well.
2: it, buffet's open.
1: Well, like, you know, and that's, I, and again, that's part of what got me the job because we we got on, we, you know, mm, so, yeah. but, um look, it, it's I suppose it's it is that outdated view of professionalism or whatever. Um, because, because you you swear mm. that
2: is your personality, right? Mm. I swear. I was born and raised around swearing. Ironically, my mum fucking hates it, but I've just worn <laughs> I've just worn her down over the years now that she's just given up. And mm. my mother-in-law also was never a massive fan of swearing, but now she swears more than me. So I've, I've kind of just made her one of us, which I, I'm starting to oh my find God. a much right. better way the to first,
1: go. The first time I was going meeting John's parents, right? Like just about to go in the door and he turns to me and he was like, so by the way, we just kind of don't really swear around my parents. And I was like, who, what, who doesn't? And he was like, any of us. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? You don't like what? I was having a conniption about to go into this. Like, and I was like, how do you, how does that work? And he goes, it just kind of switches off. I was like, it fucking doesn't switch off. It gets worse in these scenarios. Panic <laughs> visions, panic. So mine so yeah. is
2: mine is swearing and joking. I, I mm. will make j- terrible jokes. Like I some, I will say a joke and be like, in my head, I'm like, why the fuck did you just say that, James? But that's my, yeah, that's my comfort blanket. That that's Same. how
1: me and also saying awkward. <laughs> I love <to laughs> yeah. just call out when it's awkward. I'm like, well. This is terribly awkward, isn't it? <laughs> I always go.
2: Weather's nice. <laughs> the face. <laughs>
1: oh,
2: oh. Yeah. Like, but but in, so to bring it back to the point, like, for, for, and this is this is difficult because I, I get why people don't like, oh, I, but I genuinely do think it's outdated. If I swear hmm. in an so so for example, I swear on the podcast, yeah. Less so now. I'm a little bit less angry, but especially back in the day, like I was an angry young man when I started my podcast, and this was therapy for me. And I used to swear like the fucking clappers, like all the time. Every other word was an F word. I think the C word is the only word I haven't said on this podcast because I understand that. But like
1: you do use it though, like outside of the
2: podcast. Even though it's my favorite word.
1: (laughs) Favorite word.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm like the. Why would you part like a? Why are you driving like a? Why is or that even safety better, professional? It's, it's instead of
1: saying saying effing, say like
2: yes, content. yeah. That's yeah. even better. That's even better. Lord,
1: yeah. the best. The first time I said it in a site office, uh, and it was in Sydney. I was like this fucking, uh, and uh, and like the site manager stopped me. He was like, you can't, you can't say that. And amazingly, like the Aussies, they drop that word constant. Like they really. They swear word. worse
2: than, than us, I think. They
1: swear a lot. And um and one of them was one of them had said the C word and then so I mean, like, you can't say that in front of Elisa, like, oh my god, because I was the only woman inside office, you can't say that. and I was like, It's all right, I have one, like it's grand. And they all nearly fucking died. They were like, What did you just say? I was like, I mean I can say it more than anyone. And it's just after that it was a fucking free for all. I, like, oh. I don't know if you should actually edit that out, maybe, I don't know.
2: that was great that was great because do you know what i think about elisa i'm like if you don't like it it's not for you like and there's nothing wrong with that Mm. like and that's that's what i think is that we we feel like it kind of reminds me of that ricky gervais thing like if you've gone your whole life without being upset by somebody or something like that it's like you're doing it fucking wrong like, yeah. do you know, I can't remember what the quote is and I've just fucking butchered that but my, my point is is like look I swear and I'm gonna swear so I might as well just fucking swear in the interview because if you don't like it then at least then we know at that yeah. point and you don't employ me and they go we're not employing you James because you said the c word in an interview. And I'll be well like, okay
1: to be fair there are definitely degrees to it and i won't be <laughs>
2: dropping c-bombs <laughs> in any interviews like it's you not know, and, and neither would i and i act- can
1: in an interview definitely
2: can't say it and i don't think i've i'm struggling to think of a time when i've swore in an interview and i can't but mm. my point is it's just like it doesn't have any reflection on you or me as more or less of a professional the same as we don't well, we don't judge someone that doesn't swear for being say Well, the common thing is if you swear you don't have the the vocabulary, ironic that I struggled to say that, right? But, you know, that's so what they say. Or if you don't swear, yeah. then you don't understand the English language well enough to articulate yourself well enough. As far as I'm concerned, I understand the, 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 the English language very well. And and if one chooses to fucking swear, then one will swear. <laughs>
1: Do you know what I mean? It it's sounds like, so fancy because you're an English language. If one fucking chooses
2: to swear. Yeah, exactly. And But my point around it is just like, it, it, it doesn't have any reflection on me as doing my job. But my mm. issue is the fact that we judge people with it. Like, and I think the safety professional, in my opinion, has a very skewed vision of professionalism. Now, maybe it's not just the safety profession, but I think we are we are up the wazoo with it. Like if you swear and don't wear a shirt and tie, you're you cannot be a chartered fellow. Like that's what it feels yeah. like. It might not be like that, it's definitely not like that, but it feels like that. Mm.
1: Well, yeah, but like that's good, they're all like they IOSH type people that whole organization puts across the whole we, this is what professionalism da, 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 whatever um I mean and it's bizarre because like you say it's it's 2021 language has evolved it will keep evolving and and yeah I use swearing to punctuate I use it to express myself I use it to show that i'm fucking passionate about something like how i literally don't know how else to come across genuine and i'm not saying people who don't swear aren't genuine but there definitely are some studies that say something similar to that but Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. it's i just feel more myself when i do swear um and i do feel that like for a lot of people it it kind of disarms them especially Mm -hmm. if you're if you're out like on site or shop floor or whatever if they see you swearing it's definitely like, oh she's not as fucking uptight or she's not that kind of wound up about things yeah. yeah it brings things just down to a bit of a more amicable level it's a and there's there's, there's fucking, yeah and there's there's context there's context of, of and how you use it mm. swearing in general language versus swearing at someone yeah. is very different yeah like so to say, I find your swearing offensive, and it's like, well, if I call you a fucking dickhead, then, yeah, you should find it offensive.
2: Yeah, because it's intended to be that It's
1: fucking chair I'm sitting on. Then, no, it's not offensive. You're a twat, yeah. which then is also offensive.
2: And, and we're getting on to a, a much bigger conversation here about what's offensive and what's not, isn't it? But, like, I two, two little stories. One, well, one story, but actually, firstly, to your point, it's, it's a tool, and I think it does it does relax the room a lot. Like if you want to tour what's taught You know, I've been in training mm. sessions with a load of lads that are like engineers and, and you listen to them in the workshop. They're like, fucking this, fucking that, fucking this. And they come in the training room and you just see them all and they come in and they're so like, awkward. <laughs> yeah, it's, great. it's
1: shocking. It's and really and they're
2: all like, hello, James, how are you? You okay? Yeah. Uh, and, and you could just see them all. And I'm just like, how can I get these lots to relax? And I'm just like, it is fucking pissing it down out there, lads, isn't it? What a fucking day. that is! And just really show them right up front, lads, we're just going to have a training session today, right? But it's no different from me and you chit-chatting, right? Mm. You want to swear, swear. If you don't want to swear, don't swear. But where's the line when you get someone that goes, I find that really offensive. So the fact that I don't find it offensive, and I'm saying to you, if you don't find it offensive, you shouldn't impose on me. What if what I'm doing somebody else finds offensive? This is where it gets a bit gray for me. Like, mm. so I've delivered a, a training session before, right? And uh, used the phrase my missus, which is a very local term for me. I was born and raised with my missus. That's how I refer mm. to my wife, even now. And now there's some context to this as well. But I basically got a phone call afterwards where they're saying, James, you're um, being accused of being a chauvinistic arsehole, basically. And I was like, excuse me? Like, I am. <laughs> what? I am many things, but I do not think I'm chauvinistic. <laughs> uh, arsehole? Yes. Chauvinistic? Huh? Not, not quite sure. W- based on what? Oh, because um, you, you, you were using chauvinistic terms like my missus. And then mm. that was it. I got my fucking back up then, and and I was just like, "How fucking dare you assume what my relationship is like, and and how I treat my wife, based on two fucking words?" I'm more offended by the fact that you think that I'm. I'm <laughs> offended.
1: Because- You're offended
2: yeah and, and, and that's where we got to like i'm offended mm. that you're offended by my word. now there's context to it that the example that the kind of case study we used in the training session was the building that the guy that coincidentally complained about me using this term it was his building so it's his kind of responsibility to manage that building and we were like this is wrong this is wrong that's wrong this is wrong so he was probably just trying to get his own back but yeah. the point is is that Language is just so complex, isn't it? And mm. and I, I don't know. I, I go back and forth on this swearing thing all the time. And I'm like, you know, what if I was in a in a in a meeting and someone said I, I genuinely find that really offensive, can you stop swearing? I would probably cut my swearing down.
1: Look, yeah, I mean I probably would as well. It's not um it's not a hill I want to die on. Do you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not um yeah, and if somebody was really and I- somebody was really really offended by it i'd be like right grand no bother Mm. um i'll try i'll try (laughs) i can't promise anything but i'll try um so yeah but to your point actually about like going into a training room full of lads and you're just like you're trying to fucking smooth it out or whatever bring the tension down and using it as a tool and i'm actually just trying to picture have i ever been in a work scenario that hasn't been completely male dominated. And I don't think I have. Mm. So like if I walked into a room full of women, would I be fucking and blinding?
2: Would you do the same? probably oh, yeah. wouldn't. Mm. It's interesting. I, actually,
1: I haven't. Um, there's not enough women in the industry. That's why it hasn't happened for me. But anyway. And, and cultures
2: as well, like different cultures around the world. I've had um, a, a, a gentleman message me from a different culture that said, I really love your content, but I wish it stop swearing because in my religion and my culture, that's really offensive. And I was like, in my culture is not offensive. I'm, yeah. really, I'm like, sorry, but that's just, that's just kind of how, how I roll.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, and I think there, I don't know. I think that I have a fairly good compass on kind of where wrong and right is and what's, what's actually wrong like what's what I shouldn't be doing versus what might be offensive to someone Mm. like you know swearing offensive but like if you're being chauvinistic sexist racist like that's fucking that's a problem Mm. and that's one that you know should get called out 100 percent and you kind of go that's fucking wrong done there's that's not the kind of thing that needs a devil's advocate that's not the kind of thing that you go back and forth on and I feel like I I i know where the line is on that kind of thing swearing to me isn't i'm like you're offended by it but how much does it impact you it doesn't i don't think Mm -hmm. maybe different for the guy who it's religion but if maybe if he was in the room with you it might be a different thing but no he's just fucking choosing to listen to your podcast so and hello to you (laughs) if you are listening to this
2: welcome i I sincerely Uh, advise you to listen to another podcast oh god
1: (laughs) don't listen to this episode It's too late. We should have said that at the top of the episode. Click know, this out and put it at the start?
2: <laughs> we should have just had a little swear jar, shouldn't we? Like and see how much money we you can. You know,
1: earn. I must be told every definitely once a month, when do you get swear jar. Would you fuck off? It's not funny anymore. <laughs> it's like it really annoys me the swear jar thing. Like, go away. You'll have loads of money. I'm like, oh, will I? It's my own money. So I already have it. Go away.
2: I need to save it. Thank you. We're
1: yeah. already saving it. Fuck off. There
2: I do I do find I do find the swearing thing it's is, is a really difficult battle. Like I, I struggle with it nearly every day. And do you? Yeah. Nearly every day. Whether it's friends, family, not friends because they're just as bad as me, but whether it's family or a career or you know, if I, I could count on I could count on about two hands how many times I've been called unprofessional, and most of it is based around. Around well, swearing.
1: That's never happened. Like, that's actually never happened to me.
2: Think of the different industries though, to your point. You've worked in yeah. construction, I've worked in manufacturing, and then the NHS, housing, and, yeah. and now I'm back. Like in the I've been I've
1: definitely been called out in it, but it's more it's more been commented on mm. than nobody has ever said that's really unprofessional. Cause I would absolutely fucking lose my shit if somebody said that to me. I'd be like, I'll fucking show you unprofessional. <laughs> call the guards that is
2: kind of what happened all all, all seven times but you know it is um it it is something i've struggled with my entire career because it just comes out i'm like and it it comes out more with with passion to your earlier point like if i'm if i'm in there and someone's like right we've got this problem and i'm like what the fuck who the fuck has been doing this do you know what the how have you not fucking dealt this why the fuck has no one spotted it like that that doesn't sound very
1: empathetic jims no what's the context all right fuck
2: off But do you know what I mean? That's when it will come out. That like yeah. if I'm in a meeting where someone's like, Oh, yeah, I know, I know they passed away, but we're compliant, and when like I'm gonna fucking swear in that oh, conversation. Oh, yeah. You
1: know I
2: mean, and that if, if the second that passion comes in, I'm off, and I mm-hmm. and it's it's not like I it's, it's it, losing control is not the right way to describe it because that's not what it's like, it's not like a, a rabid animal and I have to keep it on a leash, it's just like that's just what you do now. Sometimes I'm in a, I'm in an environment and I think, you know what? I'm gonna get my message across better here if I don't swear.
1: Yeah.
2: And then yeah. I can I can rein it in. But I, it is something I've struggled with my entire career. Hmm. Now I'm gonna
1: stop doing it
2: though. But then you've worked in construction your entire career. So you know, it, which is a much more sweary environment. Yeah, yeah, think. it
1: is. Um and even like the Irish swear a lot. With the Australians, like, fuck, they like literally, like, even meetings with senior execs, like, they're dropping f bombs. Like, it's you know, they shit, they shit, they say shit on the radio because shit isn't a swear word over there.
2: Oh, I need to move to Australia. Do you know what I mean? Like,
1: it's that's the kind of environment. And then you come back here and it's look, we swear a lot in Ireland as well. Um, but again, industry kind of. I can't speak to any other industry because I don't really know. Yeah. that time I was dabbling around the pharma for about six months. I was kind of like, mm, you're not really swearing that much. You were, like,
2: here? you were walking out. Oh, bloody hell. These <laughs> <scullions.">
1: Christ. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, like. <laughs> oh, but anyway,
2: um, uh, oh, I, um, yeah. we were going to, I'm glad we got that. That was good to me. It's good for helpful for me to have that conversation around swearing. Good. And, but granted we, um, that wasn't planned, but thank you for that. I, I did want to touch on one last question, which I was going to ask you, and then we're going to run into a long conversation, but we won't run into a long conversation now about it because I'm starving, haven't had my dinner. I'm so hungry. <laughs> and you, oh yeah, If you've not had your dinner, you're hungry as well.
1: I had a cup of tea beforehand because I knew this was going to happen, but go on.
2: So when so you you, you wanted to work in care, you trained to work in hospitality. You mm. had worked your fucking ass off to not work in safety. The first time yeah. you messaged me on LinkedIn, you were like, "I fucking had enough <laughs> of this, this shitty career." Like, really consider. <laughs> well, I didn't see
1: it even as a career. I never saw it as a career. Well,
2: yeah. So, why why do you stay now?
1: What what changed? Um, I, like honestly, it's um, like ever since the start of was it even the start of COVID it was probably just before COVID that I had started like like that listening to podcasts and kind of just um I can't remember what it was I was I was on LinkedIn and I was kind of saying and I was definitely one-on-one LinkedIn shit hate LinkedIn worst piece of social media ever why do people use this platform and now I'm like addicted to the fucking thing but um and then I start. I don't know. I think yeah. I had been listening to your podcast, and then I had been kind of linking into like other people from that, and um, and then I was like, oh, there's actually some like kind of non-asshole safety people on here, <laughs> <laughs> and then just started following that kind of content, and then when COVID happened and um, all these webinars started up, and you just kind of it was like pff, fucking mind blown as to all the ways that this job can actually be interesting that can be really engaging the amount of learning like you know all the buzzwords curiosity um but it like it is it's it's actually and when you view
2: it what empathetic
1: empathetic authentic um but like when you start viewing it through that lens it like and I used to say it myself, like, oh, no, two days are the same. Yeah, but they're both usually shit. Um, (laughs) Whereas now I'm like, no, two days are the same because I genuinely learn something new every day. Um, And it's just, yeah, I don't know. So now, and now I, now I view it as an actual career where I'm like, oh, I can progress and I can learn more and I can get better at this and just to give Peter Jenkins an old all, an all name drop someday I can talk about this stuff like Peter talks about it um so but it's yeah before I never viewed it as a career it was always just job after job after job whereas now I'm like oh I could actually learn some stuff and like be an asset to a company and hop the shit out of it someday I don't know um so yeah that's kind of
2: so it was Does that like answer slow, question? It was a slow burn in a way. It was, it very was
1: a burn. very slow burn. It was almost fucking extinguished. It was like, well, I'm gone. Well, COVID wasn't that long ago, so I'm surprised. No, it's like the, literally a year turnaround.
2: So this is close to you. It's only really been recently that you've gone, oh, yeah, fuck it. I'll oh, stick with this now.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I literally went from... When did I, when did I, when did I message you in May?
2: We worked out the other day, didn't we? On a Yeah, um, I had
1: messaged you in May, but it was actually in the February, in the February, my boss at the time, my boss at the time was like, and he's still my boss now, but he was like, you know, would you do a bit of like networking and using LinkedIn? And I was like, oh, fuck. So I'm like, yeah, grand, no bother. And, uh, and then there was this IR conference on in Cork for the south of Ireland branch. It I'm was,
2: yeah, I've got it here. May, May 2020, yeah.
1: Yeah, so in February, I went to, oh, in February, I went to the IOSH conference, right? And it was in person, because it was before lockdown. And like, what a fucking conference, right? For IOSH, it was pretty good. You had you had Kevin from Maersk, right? Kevin oh, okay. Furness, oh, yeah. in yeah, yeah. person, doing his thing. Yeah, yeah nipping in person doing his thing like it was Mabel Ockland was there from Marsk as well like it was I kind of went into the room and I had never heard of these people and I was sitting next to a guy and they started on about safety differently he was like oh for fuck's sake and I was like okay all right we'll see what's going on next by, by by the end of the day I just could not believe the stuff I was hearing inside there I was like, from considering three years beforehand, I had been at this Art of thing in Sydney and been like, this is never going to take off to being in a conference in Ireland. And they were talking about it. Now, there was a lot of pushback in the room and I was looking around going, this is fucking hilarious. This is unreal. <laughs> because there was so much discomfort, but I was like, oh, I'm into this. you in uh, the back going, awkward. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I was actually sitting next to um, Marianne who um, ended up being my lecturer in college now. Cool. But, um, and I had kind of got chatting to her and I was like, mm, I don't know, I'm thinking about maybe going back to college and like I was going to do social work. And there was actually a woman there who had just graduated from the diploma, in, the higher diploma in safety. And she was like, I've actually just moved from social work over to safety. She was like, I've just done this, this diploma, you should do it. And I was like, right. And I was flitting back and forth, would I, wouldn't I, for all, all of last summer. All the while having, you know, watching all the webinars and all the stuff that was going on and just the access that we got in the last year mm-hmm. to people Prodigy. that we would never get access to. Because even a couple of weeks after that, IOSH, the same branch, put on this webinar with, with sydney decker and michael Tuma. like what the fuck now i had been yeah it was class like i was on the chat like hey fucking sydney um Matt. and when i had signed up to do the higher diploma i had put it on linkedin and there was a lot of people's traditional like traditional safety all that kind of thing but considering i had done a, what i would consider a fucking mickey mouse diploma over in in um australia i didn't feel qualified so i was like i need to do something because i'm technically not qualified here Um, i've the experience but there look yeah there is a bit of having the piece of paper i suppose just to confirm that you're doing the right thing so yeah and i started and i wasn't mad about it now for the first couple of months the Human Factors was more about mice and fucking boxes and Skinner's theory shit. I was like, what is this about? Um, and then and then enter Marion and her risk assessment module, which everyone's going, risk assessment going to be very boring. And next thing she comes in, like Kinevan framework, safety differently, organizational drift and blew my fucking mind completely. So, and now I'm here. Nice. And now I am wrecking everybody's head at work. <laughs> Constantly like let's do shit like let's micro experiment and they're like how I'm like I don't know I read a blog. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I read a blog. I might just call that the uh, the the title of this podcast. I don't know. I read that a blog. should.
1: But yeah, I don't know. I read a blog.
2: Yeah, elisa Lynch. I don't know. I read a blog. That's happening. That's what we're going to call it.
1: That's it. I'm, that's it. Um, Look, it was good. It was good. crack Good. Good, good crap.
2: Well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Alisa.
1: And we don't like you're not like this, you're
2: done now, are you? Well, no. at this point, if I just said thank you very much, you go thank you, and then I press stop recording. But I'm just <laughs> going to press out. stop Edith now. This out. <laughs> no, this is staying in. Okay, peeps, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Elisa. If you did, please, please, please give it a share, give it a like, give it a review, whatever, give it a rating, whatever platform you're on, please do spread the word about rebranding safety. Don't forget to check out Paradigm Human Performance Learning Organization webinar. And if you're an SME, don't forget to check out the HSC subscription service. You can contact them using the details in the description, or you can go to the website in the description as well. But otherwise, I'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Safe.
1: The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the host and its guests and do not necessarily reflect the position of the companies. Examples of analysis discussed within this
0: podcast are examples only based on limited and dated open source information and should not be utilised in real life as the only solution available. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective
1: of the position of the companies.